February is African Heritage Month in Nova Scotia. It's a time to celebrate the rich culture, achievements, and contributions of African Nova Scotians and communities of African descent in our region and across the nation. Nova Scotia has more than 50 historic African Nova Scotian communities with a long and complex history dating back over 400 years. This February, Blackout Podcast is collaborating with Immigrant Services Association of Nova Scotia, also known as ISANS, for their Artist in Residence program. This program aims to recognize and celebrate special months dedicated to the diverse communities of Nova Scotia by providing resources to newcomers. As part of this project, I'm interviewing four different Black artists living in Nova Scotia. Hello and welcome to the Blackout Podcast where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today I have my friend, fellow filmmaker, awesome, awesome, awesome human being, and the ED of Atlantic Film Makers Co-op. Afkoop, Erica Sanders, thanks for coming to the podcast today. Great to be here. First of all, congratulations on your new position. You know what? I, I want to say, like, I remember years ago when we met, and, like, I think we've been in Film 5 twice. Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have. We've been in Film 5 yeah. twice. Um, yeah, so what, what is it, like, I remember meeting you and like your passion for film and like telling these stories especially stories of people of color especially yeah. women of color yes. that's like mm -hmm. anyway i'm just let's let's start from the beginning how did this whole filmmaking thing start for you well okay so i left the bahamas well before i came to halifax uh, nova scotia i worked uh, in a casino but i also ran a woman's magazine so i ran a woman's magazine called new woman magazine and we started a reality TV show. We went around the islands filming people. Uh, we had a model search that we would do like quarterly for models. And so that took off and it ended up being Caribbean wide. But what I learned uh, was that I didn't have a lot of film knowledge. So I spent a ton of money paying people that sometimes were good and that were not always good. Mm. And, and I ended up still doing a lot of the work. So I'm like, you know what, why don't I just learn how to do this? So it took me a while. I didn't want to leave my comfy job. I had a comfortable job, good living. And I was like, do, do I want to go to film school? And it took me another two years to kind of make up my mind and be like, okay, I'm going to do it. Mm. Packed up my belongings and, and, I, and I moved. Moved from the Bahamas to Canada to attend film school because we don't have film schools in the Bahamas. And the U.S. was very, very, very different in pricing. So I'm like, Canada, I always go to Canada, so let's check it out. So I started off at uh, Toronto Film School at Ryerson in, in, in Toronto. And then I ended up at Nova Scotia uh, Community College. That's where I graduated. So mm. that, that's how I kind of got into Did film. you do screen arts? I did screen arts. Like I hear like all the people working in the city kind of do screen arts. So yeah. how was the experience of doing NSCC screen arts? Oh my arts? God, it was like, so when I, when I went to TFS, Toronto Film School, it was like you were on your own basically. So I was in a class of like 100 people a class of 100 people and we had like to get stuff out at nscc the difference is like we had uh you could talk to the lecturers or the the, the professors or whatever anytime you needed mm. we we learned a little bit of everything which is what i really wanted and needed so it was mm. an awesome experience I, get, I got to work with a lot of people who are now in the business and you know they come to Avgoop too <laughs> mm, mm, mm. but it was for me it's what it was what i needed and i found it a really great experience i learned a lot and i ended up 
even traveling for my work term. So it was oh, awesome. Where did you go? Where did I go for my work term? Mm-hmm. I went to Africa. I went to Tanzania. So I went on a documentation program with NSCC. Wow. So we went into the villages. I got to meet the tribes. We did a lot of, we recorded their history, their oral history. We put it on film. That is and amazing. We left them with, and we left them with that bit of information. And I also had a great experience. Oh, my God. That is freaking amazing. I didn't even know that. Anyway, so you came back like, okay, what was the plan? Like, okay, now you've done the thing. You have an well, idea of how to make film. The plan was to stay in Canada. So you needed to get your PR. Your oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so in order to do that, you needed to find like work, right? So I was right. like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. I don't want to go back home, right? Because, you know, if, you, if you're not working full time. So I, the plan was the first fine work. Mm. And luckily, uh, I found, I found, well, I had all of these odd jobs here and there. And I was like, oh, this, this is going to take forever to make up my hours to, for, to apply for my uh, permanent residency. Mm. So when I got a permanent part-time job, I'm like, at Screen Nova Scotia, I'm like, okay, I can still do my film stuff, but I can also make up my hours so that I can put in my application for my permanent residency. So, yeah. So, I mean, I got, it was scary at first because I know a lot of friends who were going back home or people who were not really following the right route mm. and had to go back because they weren't following the right, <laughs> the right route. So, yeah, but I, I got that and I was like, okay, so I could just take my time and make up my hours and also do film work. And that's how I gradually got into the industry because working there, you, you met a lot of people anyway. Mm. And then I was also, then I also joined AFCOOP. So I was in AFCOOP, like once I started film school, Janet was like, you know, AFCOOP is a great place to go. And that's how I was introduced to the film co-op. Mm. And, and I kept, and I stayed there and I built relationships and built friendships and everything else was like, came in, came, everything else worked for me because once you start to develop relationships, whatever, people are going to be like, oh, I remember you. Mm. You want to try this or you want to do this? And, and that's how I got into, you know, making films and being a part of the community. So check this out though. One thing I noticed is like, you love making documentaries, but you also love making narrative film. Like, do you prefer one over the other one? Well, when I when we went to to school, we did a lot of little scripted stuff. But when I graduated, I found that it was easier to make documentaries because you could go there and you could interview somebody, and 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 it was more personable. It was more personal to me too. Mm. But I somehow found that a little bit easier because mm. to make a narrative film, you need a team of people. You need actors, you need, you need, you need casting. So it's, it's a different thing and it took a longer time and you needed a little bit of funds too. Yeah. So with documentary, you could, I mean, I, I wouldn't say documentary is cheaper, but you can kind of do it, you know, by yourself or with a couple other people. So, but I love, I love uh, uh, sci-fi and fantasy. They're my first love, mm. believe it or not. But once I got into documentary, I also appreciated that part of, you know, the film spectrum, that world, mm. you know, so. I wouldn't say I love one or the other, but right now I think I'm going to be... No, I, I wouldn't say. I mean, I can go either way. Right, yeah, right. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Because especially in documentary, you know, yeah. just get it small. But like with narrative, you have to spend time. Yeah. So I, I mentioned while I was just ranting about all the experiences we've had together that we did Afkoop's Film 5, which we is kind of like... Uh, right or passage in making it film here. Yeah. Um, I know... One thing I, I, I love about your film is that it's so personal. Like, don't you ever get, I guess, afraid or worried? Even though the film is metaphorical, it's still personal. Like, you put so much of yourself into your films. Like, yeah. is that not a 
worry or fear? No, it's not because I'm out here. Like if I'm my whole goal of making films is to to show parts of myself, but to also represent represent my culture, represent my heritage, represent like what this person in this body has lived, mm. so that it, it can probably influence or encourage somebody else. I'm not afraid. Mm. I, I'm I what I what I what might bother me though if I present a character or, or represent a character that is a family member and they recognize it. But other than that, my personal life is a, free for all. <laughs> <laughs> like no. <laughs> okay, but another thing, um, I guess. Uh, when making such personal stories or telling such personal stories, um, for me, mm-hmm. I I think I just stopped and just like whatever, or I'll mm-hmm. produce people's stuff because like sometimes when you write something as personal to you and people don't get it, I know, I, I know, <laughs> I know. But see, that's 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 the thing, right? So. You know, we've done a lot of scripting and all that stuff. So if if they don't get it, then not, just leave it for a minute. Let mm. it sit. And then when you come back to it, you will have a whole different perception of that. And so I, I don't I don't be I'm not offended. Like that's fine. You don't get it. <laughs> I'm like, not you know, offended. You, you know I, you know my first script that I did about lady and all this stuff and and and, and that that didn't make it in. But I'm oh, like, yeah, 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 I'm yeah, like yeah. you know what? That's okay. That's okay. It let it sit. That's not going anywhere. Mm. You know, I can come back to that at any any time and build that out or you know, and and I'll see it differently too. And probably when I come back to it, that will probably be the right time for mm. it. So I'm not worried. But then I remember after that film, you just spawned and you made this film about women. Like, what was the inspiration for that? And what was the process of making that film? Well, I met when I... So I also worked at... What are these places? Oh, my God. I, I don't want to talk. So I worked at... Uh, one of those, you know, phone places where you call. What you call those places? Where call you, center. Call center. Oh, my God. It was it was not the best experience. <laughs> I guess that's why you don't remember the name. <laughs> no, I remember the name, but it was. But I met a lot of interesting people at the call center, mm. and I remember I met this this young lady who who became a part of the film, Joe, and she, and she was so interesting, and she was, you know, she 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 would dress up in drag, but as a man, and she and people were conflicted with that, and like just meeting her and her personality, and I'm like, you know what. I, I, I wanted to share her story, but mm. I also, but I, but during that time, I was also meeting all of these other interesting women in Halifax. And I'm like, why don't I just do a documentary about a few women who are doing like different things? They come from different perspectives, but mm. they're all, they're all, you know, they're, they're all African or connected in some way. Mm-hmm. And, and let's just tell their story. One of them lived here. One of them, uh, well, two of them lived here, but they lived in different communities. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe was in the LGBTQ plus whatever community. Uh, Kayla was, she was a part of the African Nova Scotian community in community doing building. And, and, and Maya was, you know, she, 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 her, her family came from away, but she's lived in Halifax, but she came from a different background and that she was an artist. She would paint and do all of this stuff. So I'm like, okay, these are three interesting people. Let's just try to put them together in a little something and just share this. Mm. So my inspiration initially came from Joe and her life. And I was like, this is so interesting. And because she was getting so much back, I don't, I don't know if I should say backlash, but she wasn't being accepted in, in a lot of places. And I'm like, why? Yeah, you that's know? weird. So, yeah, so that that that's part of how that came together but i, I love i love to, to include women because i'm a woman mm. and if they're coming from different places with different stories for me that's even better mm-hmm. because i get to i get to learn from them but i also get to share that mm. you know 
my I think that my my major concern is that I'm doing their story justice. So I'm always concerned about how am I doing the best job that I can. Because yes. the documentary sometimes you you don't have a lot of money to spend. So you're shooting and editing stuff yourself. And sometimes you don't always get the best end product, mm. even if you get the best story. Mm. So I'm always concerned about that. Yeah. So, and then after that film, that film did rounds, played mm-hmm. a couple of festivals. You you kind of did this proof of concept. And like, did that proof of concept become your your film? Or like, did you take elements of that? Because, you know, you shot that proof of concept and it was like this alien person. Did you take elements of that to make your film five? Uh, I... I mean, to make Yolanda? Uh, oh, oh. Do you remember the, do you remember this Proof of concept you made a while yeah. ago. Yeah. Oh, geez, you remember that? Yes, I remember the proof of concept. Well, uh, well, actually, I tell you, I'll tell you about Yolanda. So I like, I love sci-fi. So I've actually written a whole feature film, mm-hmm. and it's around this uh, black woman who's a superhero, and and so when I thought I wanted to do something small on a smaller level, and I wanted to kind of start to introduce this concept. So I said, okay, Yolanda, film five, maybe like a five or seven minute script. Let's build something out and let's see if we can do that. And, and it was, at first I was like, Jesus, Eric, how are you going to shoot this on a film five budget? Because you know what all of this mm-hmm. transformation and all that stuff. But I was like, let's try it. So if we can do this. And I kind of kind of fell in love with that story now, so I'm building that out too. But I have a whole feature film that I've, I've already written. Mm-hmm. And it's around this young, this warrior woman uh, who's not actually presented as a woman. That that part of inspiration came from, from Joe. Joe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she travels and she travels across this make believe plane and this make believe world. And it's a huge film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I I I said before I can actually dive into that, I need to start on with something small and something simpler. Mm. And so the, the idea of, of Yolanda start came into being and I was like, okay, let's try it. And then being in a film five, you get all of this feedback from people too. So you kind of get a decent script, mm-hmm. but now I've kind of fallen in love with that too. And I've started to write a feature on that as well. But mm-hmm. that's a, you know, you have to have all this backstory and all that stuff. But it's, my ideas always come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like how you dig that up, I didn't even remember that. They always like they come back in a yeah. different form. So if somebody don't love something initially, that's fine. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, because I remember seeing the the photos from that proof of concept. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, whatever this is, it's gonna be great. And then when you made Yolanda, I was like, the, the elements of that <laughs> yeah, come into Yolanda. Yeah, yeah, no. I was like, oh, they're not gonna die. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the process, right? Uh-huh. I mean, you know, you 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 had the first scripts with the with the lady that was having like mental yeah. stuff yeah. Uh, that made into the face phase didn't go into the second phase mm-hmm. and then we got into this phase that was like if you get in your aim it's I like know, <laughs> I know I know I know I was like okay but you know it was good though because like you remember the first time we went to film five you had you were so tense and you were like oh you gotta get yeah. into the second so what it allowed us to do it is just calm, like down. calm down and, and actually work on your script and work on your characters. So, you and know? also not like, because uh, like that first one was like, you're still battling with people. Yeah, your competition so, so so you, you weren't getting the right feedback. Exactly. People were giving you shit or telling you shit. <laughs> Excuse my language. They were telling you. No, you can stuff. say that. They you can say that. Because they just wanted to, you to not make it. Yeah. You're basically competing against it's, them. It's, it's like I'm but, trying to yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to make a fit like, you know, it, it's not a it's a zero sum game. If you are in, I'm out. Yeah. So I gotta make yeah. sure I'm in. I gotta so, tell you something that's gonna throw you off. When when 
this new update happened, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that happened. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, when you're in, you know when you're in, in and you're going right. to go make this film. Right. How was that experience for you? Like, the actual experience with the film, Five Way You Made You Land? It was so great because you learned so much and you got, you got fit. Like, nobody was trying to tear you down. They were actually trying to help build your script up and build your, you know? build your story up. So it was a totally different experience as you can imagine. Mm. And you know, mm. you know, I like people were giving you good feedback and, and it's about you being able to accept like, okay, this is not a criticism. This is a, an observation. Of what am I going to use it or not? So mm. I found that really helpful, mm. honestly. And I, I'm still working with some of these people now, like writers. I'm like, okay, we got a script like over the, over the, <laughs> over the Christmas, I'm supposed to be chilling. But we're actually going to be looking at some other, like other people's work and, and sharing ideas and stuff like that. So that's, oh, wow, that's, that's a, that that's is, a relationship. Ah, that's, that's what you've been asking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, how did you like with choosing producers? Because everybody mm. wants to be a writer and director. Yeah, nobody wants to produce. <laughs> nobody wants. So, what was the process for picking up a producer? So, at first, it's about like you know, film five. Like a lot of we don't have a lot of produ- like. We don't have a lot of emerging and we have like producers who are either at the bottom or at the top and, mm. and they need to build out the middle. So for me, finding a producer, like I already know a little bit about production, but the most important concepts or the most important things that I was looking for, somebody who was good with people, mm. who was patient and who was going to support me mm. as, as a writer, director, you needed somebody. And, and, and I had a couple people at first and then people got busy with setting and I ended up with, a, with the perfect person for, for that. Our, our project you know mm-hmm. Emma who was like you know Emma's calm and she's like very patient and she's good with people and producers need to be people persons so, mm. you know because you got you deal with all these different characters yeah yep. and and you have to know how to kind of deal with them indeed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you've written the scripts you you know done your cast oh, your casting how did that happen like how well, did you come up well, with your actors you know uh, who i had in my documentary remember maya who i had in my documentary she ended up being in the scripted piece too so, mm-hmm. so uh, and also there are not a lot of uh um uh, black women who are actors so right. sometimes uh sometimes you're working with the same set of people or not or or sometimes you're just working with people who are non-actors mm. but uh for me characters was like like i had to have a relationship with these people or they had to have fit like some some uh parts of the character so my two main characters in yolanda they were best friends or good friends so both uh when i was in film school both uh maya and michael had worked together before in one of my little uh, school scripts. Oh. So they kind of already had a relationship, right? So yeah. I'm like, okay, so this, just, is, this is a You just resurrected that relationship, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, this is, they already know each other. So we don't have to, we don't have to fake this or mm. we don't really have to act this out. This is a natural connection that I'm building on. So I kind of work with people like that, mm. whether they fit or even if they don't like, if that fit a part of their personality or if they're a really good actor, mm. I mean, you don't have a whole, you don't have a whole slew of people to pick from, you know, mm-hmm. so you got to figure out like which angle am I taking? Yep. So that's, that's how I kind of build those two out. What are some difficulties you had in that production? Well, it was the time, like we wanted to make this sci-fi alien being and you had very limited time, 
people were committed. And then you had the like, I mean, Colin and, and, and his partner did an awesome job, but they were also testing, like this is their first time working with like this, this type of prosthetics because he oh. normally does horror stuff. Like blood and gore <laughs> when you now have to build out this scaly alien person and then you have to match the skin and all this. So it's a lot of like testing and stuff like that. So mm. it was part of that. But then not only that, it was during the heart of COVID. A lot of people right. got COVID. Right, <laughs> a lot right. Of people got COVID. Like, Keith did that. Our, our DP got COVID first. And I'm like, oh shit, how much freaks out before we shoot? I hope he gets better. Like, so, and then like a couple people got COVID. And then we also had like incidents. We had, we had an accident, uh, a car accident. It's a lot of little bits and pieces. Like, you just had to manage. We couldn't find a location to initially because of COVID. Mm. And then when we found something, we wanted something that was spacious, spacious enough so that we could kind of put everybody in their spaces because mm -hmm. we had to have this costume and everything on set to be able to apply. So it's time, you know, it's, it was managing time, man managing the bit of funds we have and then dealing with all these other issues like COVID and, and you know, mm. stuff like that. But I mean, we had, we had awesome uh, first AD and we had a really like, I was, I was really surprised. Like, like this is my first time actually shooting a film five. I was so surprised with the crew and their, commitment mm. like i was like they're not gonna care about this they just wanna but people were so committed to this little project i was like oh wow this, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah and that that blew, that blew me away so i was like okay this is a great experience because of that you know? so okay so you made the film mm. played one of the festivals i've always wanted to play in your silver wave they just don't care for my film <laughs> Like you got the nomination, how was we it did. like? Yeah. I, well, I was like, I was like, I was even surprised when we got. I'm like, Emma, we got nominated. Yeah. I was like, oh my god! So, so then we made this little video in case we had one. But I was just, I was just excited to be nominated, right? Mm. I was like, okay, you know. So, and we're on, and since then we've been applying to all these other festivals. So I'm still gonna, you know, run and do stuff. But I was excited. I was just excited to be nominated. I didn't, mm. I didn't know whether or not we'd win, but I'm like, okay, let's just go with it. So. You're yeah, working on Yolanda, mm -hmm. it's playing festivals. You now decide to apply to be executive director. Like, what? what, what? <laughs> well, you know, the good thing is, yeah. the good thing is I'd already done my film five. Right, like, right, right, right. I, I don't it was want done. this to be a conflict of interest or whatever. So right. I, but I knew that, I knew that honestly, moving forward, I knew that I needed to make steps in a different direction. Right. So I just needed to get some stuff under my belt. So I was mm. happy when I got into that film five program. I was like, yes, one down and how much more to go? Mm -hmm. uh, but so, no, the thing is, right, so when the position came up, I was like, oh, my God, no, that's just too much work. Mm. Why would I want to do that? Mm. <laughs> but then I thought about it and I thought, well, I'm like, oh, who else is going to do this job? Like, like, like people are going to apply. But like if when I thought about some of the candidates and I'm like, well, if they could do this, why can't I do it? Right. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, the thing for me was just trying to make that decision because of the time commitment. That's a lot of work. It is. It's, it, it's a lot. It's, it's also a learning curve. And it's also working in a different capacity. So before I was comfortable working in a, as a group, but now I'm actually managing and making these executive decisions. Mm -hmm. And so, so that takes some a, a little bit of getting and the true. move. Oh my jeez, <laughs> the move, mm. moving, moving a film co-op is no easy task. Yeah. And, and again, COVID. I got COVID. The tech coordinator got COVID. The program coordinator. I was like, Jesus, what is going on here? Everybody, everybody. And then we had a little hurricane that was coming. Oh, my God. So yeah. The perfect storm, as Chris would say. Chris, uh, I was like, Chris, why, why would you call this? And that's what it is. Everybody was sick. And I was like, okay. I'm and then sick. the storm came in. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, I mean, you've been through that. So, if you've gotten through that, then what else? I mean, you should be able to just, you know. 
mosey on. So, I mean, <clears throat> what was the process like, you know, I guess the interview and how, how did you feel when you knew you got the position? Uh, well, I was still, uh, well, I worked at Screen Nova. I like, I, I love working at Screen Nova Scotia and I love that environment, but I also felt that it was time for me to, to do something else. Mm -hmm. So, so I was still, even though I was going through the whole interview process, process and all that, I was still kind of like trying to make up my mind, like, okay, if I get this, am I ready? Or am I going to do this? So it was just going through the process, but I, I was still, honest to God, I was still undecided <laughs> until the last minute. And then I was like, okay, Erica, you got this. You're going to move into this and now you, you, you have to, you have to move forward, mm -hmm. you know, but it was, it was scary. It's a scary process. Change is scary. It is. And when you're moving from, from one direction to the, to the other and taking on so much more responsibility, it's like, mm. oh, do I have the time for that? You know, but I mean, for me, it was like waking up every morning and I meditate. <laughs> I give myself 10, and people laugh at it, but I give myself 10, 15 minutes to just calm myself and getting to myself. And then I'm ready to face the day. And that's mm. why I wake up every morning now. So I'm, I've become this kind of, this different person because of the responsibility. And you have to, for me, I believe that being physically healthy mentally healthy that's the that's the best way to move forward in any job so mm -hmm. that's become like my priority and then i do what i have to do wow. yeah. yeah so and how's the position been so far for you i mean at first it was rocky but you have a lot of people who are like you have so many people willing to help and i and i had the the former ed martha who was always there she's like she's become my big sister now <laughs> like what do I, what's going on and then i had the interim director, but you also have people who've been in this position before. And you had people in the community who's like, Eric, if you need help with this, this mm. or this. So I have a lot of people asking me to like reach out to them if I need that. So I have that. So it's just me kind of trying to figure out, you know, who am I going to reach out to with the time that I have? Because I have still have to manage like six and seven different things. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. all of them are going at once. So, yeah, but you have people who are offering help. So that's good. And people who are supporting you in that position. So that's that. And then you have a board of directors who, you know, you can talk to because that's like, oh shit, such a thing with a lot of shit. I was like, why, why, why am I doing this? But then you have, a, but then you get into it and you be like, you know what, this is where I need to be right now. Right. And this is where I should be right now. And so you start to build from there. Yeah. Mm, wow. Yeah. What do you love about the, the job? I like that. Like, I feel comfortable in the environment because I've already in the film. I've already in the film business. I've, I'm already used to like I've been a part of Avcoop. I know how it works. I've, I know how to, to gear and all of that stuff. I learned in school and learned working bits and pieces here in the industry. But I also get to de like manage stuff and, and delegate a lot. <laughs> but also but I but I find that every task I'm giving and every task that I'm able to complete, mm. I'd be like, I feel more comfortable in that position. And I feel like, you know, okay, I'm getting better at this. And it makes me feel stronger as an individual. Mm. So I like that that's building me as an individual as well, mm -hmm. you know, because every time you're able to accomplish something, or even if you get a little knocked down and you get back up, that's, that's a step in the right direction. So mm. I love that about it. You know, I'm wow. growing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, doing this job now, um, are you still going to focus? Like, are, are you going to have time to make this feature? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I am the, I am the, I am, I, one thing I can say about myself, yeah. I know how to manage my time. Mm. And I've learned that from film school. I've learned that like on a daily basis, right? So I know that the first year is just getting into the film corp. And so I'm learning as much as I can, as fast as I can. Mm. So that once I've kind of gotten that done, now I can be like, okay, this is what I'm doing for the year and how do I 
how do what do I do with the rest of my time and how do I manage the rest of my time so that mm-hmm. I'm able to get my script done, do this, yada, 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 plan this out. And so it's management too, but that's happening. That's mm. happening. <laughs> <laughs> so like with this whole, like, you know, like the African heritage month and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, being a, a black woman working in the film industry, mm-hmm. what's your experience been like? Well, first of all, I should say I'm Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And Caribbean women really can take the world on their shoulders. They don't have to, they shouldn't have to. But like being uh, being Caribbean and growing up, like, you know, growing up in a black country, it's a different experience for me. Mm. So I don't feel like, you know, some people be like, oh, I have imposter syndrome. No, I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> and, and, if you, and if you put me in this room, I'm going to be in this room. Like, right. it's a different, for me, it's a different mentality. Mm. I do understand people being like, I'm not, but I, I grew up in a country where I, I do what I do and I am who I am. There's mm. no question about that. So now moving to another country or in, in another environment where people are like, oh, I'm like, who are you talking to? Like, you're not talking to me. I belong here. Mm. And I'm supposed, so I, 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 for me, so it's just dealing with the, sometimes the reactions or the attitudes of other people. Mm. And I'm like, and I'm, and be like, uh, I, I find it always like, disbel- I, like I'm in disbelief one day if, when and if they approach me in that manner because I'm like, I don't know where you get this from, mm. but you can't be talking to me in that fashion, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, so it's an adjustment, but I, I'm going to do what I'm going to do because that's how I was raised. And yeah. that's, that's how I, that's, I'm comfortable in that, right? Mm. So, I mean, even though there are challenges, I'm not, I'm not deterred or shaken or whatever. I'm like, bring it on, buddy. Yeah. You know, I can handle it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Wow. <laughs> Every time I talk to you, I never want it to end. But okay, okay, I'm gonna let you go because I have mm-hmm. a lot on your plate. But I want to let you go with this question, though. I mean, you've come here, built mm-hmm. this life for yourself, running Afcoop now. Um, what are some lessons you've learned that you wish you could tell yourself ten years ago? Well, I would tell myself uh, not to put so much pressure on myself mm. because you know, growing up, <clears throat> well, I'm the oldest, I'm the eldest daughter, and also. In a community, growing up in a, in a community where women are the matriarchs, they, they take a lot. So you always find that you have a lot of pressure. And women in general have a lot of pressure. They have a lot of shit to deal with mm. all the time, especially women who are running a family. And I'm like, I don't know how they do it, mm. but they're doing it. So I, I would say give yourself space. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. And then everything is going to work out. Mm. One way or the other, everything is going to work out. So the best the best thing that you can do for yourself is to take care of yourself. And I'm learning this as I get older. Take care of yourself physically and mentally. And then everything else can come because Mm. you're there, you're present and you can handle like, but if you're not mentally sound or you're not physically able, you can't do anything. Mm. So that would be, that would be my advice, you know, take care of yourself first and then everything else will happen when it happens. Don't, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like people do shit at 50, 60, 70 people like oh i have to do this by then i'm like you don't have to do anything you could just sit there and just live (laughs) Mm. you know but it's what you want to do and 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 just take it easy wow yeah erica it's always great to talk to you i can't i should i can't wait to read this feature yolanda Uh, version oh my god but thank you so much for giving me your time and thank you for coming to the podcast today i enjoyed it and it's always good talking to you man yep well yeah for sure (laughs) 